1: Chicago is without a permanent police superintendent. Some city council members are complaining about lawlessness outside some migrant respite centers, and hardly a weekend goes by without reported deaths of one or more teenagers. How would you like to be a top public safety official amid all that? Well, this weekend, we're going to ask someone who is. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Gary and Gatewood is the city of Chicago's first ever deputy mayor for community safety. That statement's a bit misleading. There have been deputy mayors for public safety before, but the position of community safety is an acknowledgement of a change in philosophy and the mission, and it will be Mr. Gatewood's job to embody that change. Gary and Gatewood comes to this job having previously served as director of the Illinois Justice Project, working with young people and adults. That's a group I've been familiar with over the years and participated in a forum or two with them. Uh, Mr. Gatewood has was before that policy director for the juvenile justice initiative now his role is to help guide mayor brandon johnson's public safety vision and we have a lot to talk about during this half hour and we are conducting this interview via zoom conferencing gary and gatewood welcome hey craig thanks for having me happy to be here well let's uh let's talk about your your job itself in the office um, because previously it it was known as public safety. Now it's changed to community safety. What's the difference?
0: So I think there's a couple of big differences. Right? Um, you know, when the mayor took office, one of the first executive orders he signed was the creation of the Office of Community Safety. Historically, we've looked at public safety from one lens and we wanted to take a comprehensive approach to safety, meaning how do we develop deep partnerships across the city with community-based organizations how do we lean in and partnerships with the faith business and other communities around here and really think about how we take a comprehensive approach even when you look at the executive order itself it really digs into addressing the root causes of violence so understanding that not only are we attempting to address the root causes of violence but also working to curtail some of the violence and the issues that we see on a daily basis here in the city now so we really wanted to take an approach where it wasn't just limited historically to those safety agencies that will historically be in my portfolio. We're looking at safety comprehensively across
1: every agency in the city. And, and let's let's talk a little bit about that, because, you know, as you point out, what keeps the a city a community safe is not just the police and the fire department. It's mental health services, it's employment, it's housing and, and a host of things that touch on. Several agencies. How do you coordinate that? How do people meet and and talk and make sure everybody's on the same page?
0: Yeah, coordination has been fun. Uh, coordination has been something that I've done throughout my career in partnership with great folks, as you mentioned prior, in, my, in some of my prior work at the Illinois Justice Project. But the collaboration level that we're seeing here in the city, really thinking about how we pull in agencies together to have folks start to think about what is the role that they can play in safety? What does it mean for parks to consider safety? Not that they haven't in the past, but how do we really look at a problem that a constituent is facing or part part of the city is facing and really dig in and pull our mental resources together to think about how we would approach this from parks, DKs, heck, uh, streets and sands, Uh, obviously law enforcement, but so many other agencies really thinking about how we can take a comprehensive approach to safety, how we can take a layered approach to safety, how we can take a full force of government. With that being said, also really thinking about how we partner more with our community based organizations, how we partner more with our delegate agencies how we partner more with folks in philanthropy who are funding a lot of other community-based organizations that the city itself might not be funding. but thinking about the work that they are doing and the good work that they're doing and thinking about how we pull folks together. It is a large task. It's a big haul, but we're excited for it.
1: Do you have regular meetings?
0: Yeah. So we have right now, we, we started a cadence of regular meetings of community safety cabinet meetings. Um, where we genuinely take city agencies and we sit down and work through issues. Those conversations have been really good and generative, right? The idea is to really get folks together to start thinking about how we address these issues. Uh, as you know, I've been on the job almost two months now. So uh, we're getting in the cadence of having them be regular, but really having thought partnership with folks who've been in a city for a very long time, some of the folks who are newer like me, so we can have that intergenerational work. When I say intergenerational, I don't mean folks who are 40 or 50 years old, I mean intergenerational in in regards to city work, people who've understood how the city is operated, coming in with a new crop of folks, so we can really put our heads together to think about how we can deploy resources to people in a different way.
1: And uh, I do want to uh, talk about, uh, the outside partnerships too, because uh, one of them has been uh, with business, and uh, I, I remember that uh, James Crown uh, over at the uh, the Civic Committee, uh, when he, the late James Crown made a very public and and definitive commitment to working with the city uh, to address nonviolence, and you know, his death came not long after that commitment. Uh, has the community, the business community, demonstrated that it's going to keep going, uh, you know, in his uh, his tragic absence? Yeah, so that's a great question, Craig. So,
0: Jim was not only a friend of the administration, we actually met with Jim Crown and a group from the Civic Committee the week before he um, met his tragic demise. And, you know, we sent our condolences out to the Crown family, the Chicago community overall. Um, and we continue this work. In particular, we've continued to have conversations with Derek Douglas over at the Civic Committee. We know they are still remain committed to this work, not only from a financial level, but really being partners, thought partners in how we move forward. You know, one of the big commitments they made was to really think about how they scale community violence intervention work. And even with the scaling of that work, they have even made commitments on how they build in resources and how they build in long-term employment opportunities on the South and West side. So that work will continue. That work will continue in deep partnership. And it's been full steam ahead there. We're also exploring other relationships with corporate partners and business partners to bring them to the table, Um, not only from a violence prevention standpoint, but also how do we infuse resources, economic resources, and create real strong pathways for individuals and young folks? Uh, how do we do that together in collaboration? You know, one of the big things that we focused on in the administration since day one is how we invest in young people in and around the city. Um, you saw that a lot of that with our One Summer Chicago work, where we've expanded resources for One Summer Chicago. We've created more than 2,000 additional jobs for young folks. That work has been led in partnership with the Deputy Mayor of Education, Health and Human Services. Jen Johnson's been doing an incredible job and our uh, Deputy Director of Neighborhood and Economic Development, Kenya Merritt. They have really done a really good job of making sure we pull in different communities, different resources, the Chamber of Commerce, Amazon. All of these partners are really coming in to think about how they can not only a supply summer jobs, really thinking about some long term commitments, year round employment, and really thinking about other ways that they can lean in and some of the work that they've done. So the business community remains committed, the philanthropic community remains committed, the faith community has also been with us too, and also the youth community. So we're really trying to pull in levers from different areas to increase our partnership because this is. People say it's not, a, uh, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I would describe it as a marathon of sprints. And we have to do that in deep collaboration
1: and partnership. Well, And let, let's talk a little bit more about, about the youth involvement, because that has been one of the things that the mayor has emphasized. And frankly, it's been one of the things that young people have been talking about, that they wanted to get more involved. Where are you seeing that kind of involvement coming in now?
0: Yeah, that, I can't tell you how impeccable your time is on that question, Craig. Literally a couple of days ago, we had a youth budget town hall. We've had four town halls. We wanted to take a different approach to budgeting this year. In years past, the conversations with community happened after the budget. We have been very proactive in our budget approach with our director of the budget office, Annette Guzman, and the mayor hosting four different town halls, in and around the city with the fourth one, the culminating one being one uh, over in the Harold Washington Library led by youth. where We had over 350 youth. This was done in partnership with our youth commissioners who've done incredible work and also a ton of youth organizations around the city where you had them focus on areas of community safety, mental health, education, and a couple of other pillars. You heard young folks talk about the need for investment in resources the need for investment in job opportunities, the need for investment in violence prevention. So really hearing their expertise at a different level was great. Uh, I will also say you know, something that we did at the beginning of the summer, right when the administration started, was we really wanted to address what we call the June Gap and also Memorial Day, where time the, the time in between where school ended and before Park Districts programming started and once summer Chicago jobs started, where we partnered with the business community again. And you'll see a reoccurring theme here: partnership. We partnered with the business community. We partnered with um, the philanthropic community to raise over a million dollars for that piece to fund over two hundred organizations for safe space activations in and around the city. Uh, That work was done with groups like Good Kids, Mad City, Brighton Park Neighborhood Council, uh, and a host of others through the Partnership for Safe and Peaceful Communities, and also led again in conjunction with our business partners. We saw the success of that, and now we're gonna do the same thing, but at a larger scale, in August for the August gap. So when one summer Chicago jobs in and when some of the park district programs wrap up, we will be again in partnership with uh, the partnerships of safe and, and peaceful communities, communities in the business community, expanding that work to over 250 organizations um, where those organizations will again be hosting safe space activations, youth led gatherings uh, and different functions to create those safe spaces in different parts of our city so really excited about that and really excited to lean in and more partnerships with young folks i'll say one more thing about the youth and how we're really leaning in on them with partnership um just i think this is monday i went down and had a great meeting with uh leaders from good kids mad city to talk about their work in the peace book to also talk about their work that they've done prior to the peace book and mutual aid and support that they've provided to communities. That's a level of leadership and that's a level of community safety that we should really be inspiring to do and to be because these young folks are on the ground, they know their community so much better than so many other people. And we have to continue to give them platforms and really think about what are the resources that are available for them to continue some of the work that they want to do. Um, so it was incredible. It's been really good to listen to the young folks and take their leadership.
1: And I know they've been clamoring for for years for more people to listen to them uh, ahead of uh, the, the problems, but also you've gotten involved and and this is something the city has been doing more and more of in the recent years, more involvement with community anti-violence groups. Uh, and we're, we're getting into, uh, you know, where we are now, which is in the summer when we are still seeing violence, but you're also seeing more community groups out there. Uh, how is that cooperation, that collaboration working now?
0: Craig, that is one of the pieces of collaboration I'm most excited about. So I'll start from the government collaboration and I'll go into how we're working together with community violence intervention. So I'll start with the government collaboration where we are seeing a level of organization between the city, the county, and the state on pooling resources to invest in community violence intervention. Um, where you see you know, the leadership that we're seeing from the county of President Perkwinkel's office led by Lynetta Haynes-Turner, where we're seeing a level of engagement from ICJA uh, uh, Director Reese Adams. And then you're also seeing this from the Office of Fire and Violence Prevention, formerly led by Chris Patterson. You see this level of engagement from us here in the city, from my office and also the Department of Public Health. Uh, So you see us coming together on a regular basis with the community violence interruption community, right? Thinking about how we provided resources, how we think about how we measure success, and also thinking How do we scale up and provide the necessary supports for these organizations to grow and continue to develop the work that they are doing? It has been phenomenal from that standpoint, where you see that partnership, um, not only from the state, but again, from all of us partnering together. And then the level of collaboration you've seen, the level of partnership and collaboration you've seen from CVI organizations, street outreach organizations, and some members of law enforcement, where you see There is partnership there in a way where there's support, there is communication, and really trying to curtail more violence in and around the city. We know that we're not solving this problem overnight, but this collaboration that we're seeing, it is exciting because we know these are pathways to long-term success. We know that community violence intervention works, but also similar to what we were just seeing earlier, we know that. We also need to really think about how we invest in youth and having youth lead some of these violence interruption work as well too. So we have to do those in collaboration. Historically, you know, we've worked with a, a or mentality. We're working with the and mentality because I don't think it's a uh, I don't think it's an option to do one. We're really thinking about ways where we can do both. Mm-hmm.
1: You're listening to WBBM News Radios at issue. I'm Craig Delamore, and my guest via Zoom is Gary and Gatewood, Chicago's Deputy Mayor for Community Safety. Uh, and you know, I want to pick up on that point because I think maybe because we watch too much television, maybe and pay too much attention to the news, people like to think that somebody can come in with one solution. And that'll solve the problem. And maybe we've conditioned ourselves to expect that, that you just need one person to say, this is the thing we ought to be doing. But I've always thought that it's, it's like, it may be a dozen things, it may be more than a dozen things that all have to be done simultaneously. And can you talk about the challenge of having to basically do everything? It's like trying to be an octopus. Yeah, that's hilarious, right?
0: So <laughs> it's interesting because I'm in full agreement. Right. And, you know, people often say I took on a big job. And my response is always, no, no, no. We took on a big job because we are all invested in safety in the city. Meaning how do we invest in education? How do we invest in community environment? How do we invest in housing? How do we invest in health care? How do we invest in survivors of violence and crime? Our promise youth, because historically we've called youth the at risk youth. How about we change that narrative and start calling them our promise youth and our promise promise populations? So really, really think about how we invest in that. I'm a firm believer in taking multiple layer a multiple layered approach, and the, uh, the mayor often talks about this too. There is not a one size fits all solution to what we have seen historically in the city of Chicago. There's not a one-size-fits-all solution to uh, what the violence that we've seen. So we really have to think about how we address those root causes of violence. And at the same time, what are some of the things that we're working on that are having an impact now? We have to do them both. This is why the fifth floor is open. And when we say open, the mayor talks about the fifth floor being open. This means we want collaboration in and around the city. This is why you've also heard me talk about so many different sectors of this work coming together because it doesn't work alone, it doesn't work in silos. Silos are some of the most dangerous and inhibiting pieces of reform and movement that we can ever see. I'll say this, Craig, um, and I've said it often in other places, I think the word equity is the most dangerous word that we use now, because if it's equity without action, it means nothing. So really thinking about how we break down silos, because what you'll see is some of the same problems that folks are facing in education, they're facing in healthcare. Some of the same problems you're facing in healthcare, you're facing in community safety and in housing. So how do we pull our brains together and bring leadership together to really Not only talk about the things that are working now, but really think about how we can use a full force of government and a layered approach in partnership with business and philanthropy to address those issues together, because we can't do it alone. You won't ever hear the mayor say, I'm responsible to handle all of these issues alone. We know what we're here to do. We know we're here to do it in partnership. And we know that partnership takes a long time, but it's important that we get this right.
1: Well, talk about things you have to get right. Uh, It is an issue of leadership, and that is that uh, the city and and the administration are now in the process of selecting a new superintendent of police. Uh, The Community Commission on Public Safety and Accountability has given the mayor a list of finalists to run the police department. Um, uh, Can you say if the uh, interviews of the finalists have begun and Tell us a little bit about how the process is going to continue from here.
0: Yeah, so the process is going to continue with the mayor having time to talk to all of the candidates. Uh, He believes it's important to talk to folks and really get a better sense of what what their vision is for the city and how it aligns with the work that we'll be doing. Um, So we will take the time that's needed to make sure we get the right person. Uh, And I I will say, and I want to lift up the work that CCPSA has done, the Community Commission has done, President Driver and his team have done an incredible job of not only going through this interview process, but making it such a transparent process where they created massive reports. They've had so much community engagement around the city to really listen to what community has said they want and the characteristics that they want to see in a leader and what we need to help move the city forward. So we're excited and appreciative of the work that they've done. And we know that the mayor will make the right choice on the next leader for CPD because that is one of the most important jobs in the country. Leading that organization, leading that department will genuinely help us move forward in the next iteration of what we wanna see in safety in the city. In partnership with so much of the other work that we're doing and really thinking about how we allocate our resources. And again, Craig, when I'm saying allocate resources, I'm not just meaning how we allocate law enforcement. How do we allocate parks? How do we allocate businesses? How do we allocate different levels of government? And also how do we allocate some of our community-based organizations to really think about how we lean in and create a safer city for all
1: of us together. That's gonna make uh, the upcoming budget season, uh, you know, a little different. is 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 there a different approach that's being taken when you have to look through that lens?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a much different approach, right? And this is why we wanted to have some of those budget town halls ahead of the budget being actually done. That way, what we're hearing in those town halls reflects the moral document that the budget is and the budget will be. So we really wanna think about the level of investment that is needed in and around the city. We really wanna listen to the things that we have heard in those town halls, the things that we're hearing in conversations with folks, the things that we're reading and we really want to invest in people. Uh, And again, really thinking about how those investments are a reflection of our values in this administration and how we will push those agendas forward.
1: The other things that's gonna be happening that will be different uh, will be the way the public will be able to interact with the police and, and the administration, but the community commission is new uh, and it is evolving. Eventually it will be elected as opposed to selected. Uh, there are new district police councils that are already uh, in place that have been elected. Um, how do you see those entities working with the police and with the administration uh, as they themselves are getting their feet, uh, you know, on the ground.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of change happening in the city at the same time. You have a new administration, a new Office of Community Safety, brand new mayor. You also have the CCPSA and we're all working towards a better, stronger, safer Chicago. In particular, when I think about the work that uh, the commission can do and the work that they're already doing, they've done a phenomenal job on pulling us candidates for uh, superintendent. They're also already working on filling vacancies for the police board. And at the same time, really thinking about how they can lean in on different policies and practices over with the Chicago Police Department. We already have the consent decree. Uh, And the entire city of Chicago is under consent decree. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there. But that's the floor, right? That doesn't mean everything that we need to do when we work on a consent decree. And there's a lot of strides that's been made to push the consent decree forward. But there are also other areas that were not encompassing this consent decree that CCPSA can continue to work on and build on. So we look forward to working with them in deep collaboration. It also adds another layer of transparency and accountability to the work that CPD is doing, to the work that COPA is doing, to the work that so many other agencies are doing in and around the city. We need to break down barriers and truly build trust. Um, And that's hard to do. That doesn't happen overnight. So it's going to take work and it's going to take all of us rolling up our sleeves and really working together in deep collaboration.
1: Um, The very new thing are these district councils. And has there been any, I mean, what kind of thought has gone into how these are going to react to the, with the different districts and obviously different people in different districts?
0: Yeah, I'm excited about the district councils, honestly, because they can provide perspectives, community-based perspectives around the city on how policing is going in their communities, in their areas, and they'll be the voice of the people. So really having a deep connection with them, hearing their concerns, hearing their thoughts, and working in partnership, along with partnership with CPD, and again, along with partnership with community-based organizations, to get to the level of transparency that we need and want. I look forward to that deep collaboration. It's been good so far. It's been exciting so far, and I expect
1: that to continue. Well, and uh, with the uh, time that we have left, I do want to ask you a little bit about yourself since we're just getting to, at least in a public way, we're getting to know you. Um, and that's uh, you, you have, your background is uh, is in political science. You have a degree in that. You also have a law degree. What was it that set you on this path Um, From the beginning, I mean, you've you've been gravitating toward things like this uh, since you were in school.
0: Yeah. Um, So it was, I had an option, right? Um, During my 2L year in law school, the choice was to um, either work in the athletic department because I went to law school to be a sports agent or do an internship with the Southern Poverty Law Center. And I chose the Southern Poverty Law Center because I figured I could always spend time in the athletic department on campus at school. So I went down to the Southern Poverty Law Center and I distinctly remember coming back from seeing a young lady client and looking at my supervisor at the time and telling her she was a superhero because of the path that she was trying to set the young lady on. And we don't have to get into specifics of what was happening with that young lady, but I walked away from that from that understanding that my role would be to help as many people as we possibly can. That's the way we've approached this work. That's the way I approach this work every day, thinking about the doors we can open for people, the priorities that we have, and really how we genuinely create a pathway to success for the folks who are around us. Um, You know, leadership is something that we all, some of us gravitate to. And it's been pretty phenomenal to work in partnership, right? And really think about what we can do with the trajectory of this city under this mayor with this level of collaboration Um, and the level of synergy that we can have, not only from this mayor and Mayor Johnson, but the level of collaboration we can have with the Cook County president, we can have with the governor's office and lieutenant governor's office, and then the level of collaboration we can have with deep partnerships with community. We have a time here where people are saying we have a moment. I think we have more than a moment. I think we we have an opportunity to change the trajectory of the city and really think about what safety means for not my not just my kids but also my grandkids, right? And I'm a long way from grandkids cuz my kids are <laughs> 10, 7 and 5, but really thinking about how we can change the trajectory of this city for the greater good. So I'm really excited about that. And honestly, Craig, those are things that really drive me when we get up and go. Because, uh, again, it is a big job, but I don't have bad days. I think about how we can impact people every single day.
1: Well, and we are going to be following you along as you uh, have those impacts. And thank you very much for, uh, for talking with us. Uh, that is Deputy Mayor Gary and Gatewood. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM